When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. Steelers were able to snap their three-game losing streak, beating the Bengals at Acrisure Stadium last Saturday. Seattle has won two of their last two games, but they had the four-game losing streak before that. Steelers are 3-3 three and three on the road. They'll finish out the regular season on the road. They travel to Baltimore after this week in Seattle. The Seahawks are 5-2 and two at home, and they conclude their season uh, with a road game in Arizona. So this is the home finale for Seattle. Pittsburgh has a minus 34-point differential, and Seattle has a minus 32-point differential. It's funny, Matt, you know, with Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin – you know, those coaches kind of mirror each other in my eyes. Yeah. These teams always seem to mirror each other in my eyes. And, and lo and behold, here we are, week 17. They're both 8-7. and seven. They're both fighting for their playoff lives. It's amazing. I mean, I put, like, Sean Payton and Harbaugh and some of those guys in that same category where I think they're going to end up as Hall of Famers. They've been doing this a long time. They know how to win games. Like, last year, you know, going into the season last year, Carroll's, you know, trades – Russell Wilson, and we're going to go with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And I'm like, <laughs> what on earth are you thinking? You know, and had a successful year yet again. I yes. mean, it's a quality coach. Yeah, now both quarterbacks have won him big games yeah. this, this season. Drew Locke winning a couple weeks ago in uh, Philadelphia. Is Seattle a little bit better than their record in your eyes? Per EPA, uh, only Maybe. four teams have a tougher schedule than Seattle. Yeah. And the stretch they just came off of where they had that four-game losing streak against the best teams in the league. Exactly, and Philly was the fifth game, but they ended up pulling that one out uh, against the Eagles. But, I mean, it was murderer's row. I mean, I think they had the Niners twice in there. It's just uh, tough for them to, you know, overcome that, have a winning record in that stretch, but they bottomed out completely. Yes, I do think they are better than that, yes. I I think the offense in particular has great skill position players. I mean, the two rookies, Smith Najigba and Charbonnet, have been real nice additions to – Walker, Lockett, Metcalf, of course, two young tackles. Gino's fine. I mean, he's a good passer of the football, and it's a well-designed offense. And they have some young guys on defense that are exciting, too. So that match with being well-coached, yeah, I think they're pretty quality playoff team. Before we get to the series history, uh, it might not be the cleanest game as far as Seattle's concerned. They've committed more penalties than all but two teams in the NFL and Seahawks. Uh, have more penalty yardage against them, 61 yards per game, than any other team in the NFL. So not a very disciplined bunch. And no. Matt, I was actually pretty surprised to find this out. No team in the league has fewer pre-snap penalties than Pittsburgh. I didn't know that, that either. That has yeah. been a v- massive theme uh, amongst the citizens in Pittsburgh recently. Is you know, oh, How can you think that? Right. Chooks goes in, he can't line up right. They have all these problems lining up right, yep. but apparently they're better than most of the league. Actually, they're better than all the league at it. Yeah, so it's funny, Like just to pull back the curtain a little bit, there's a lot of different spots I go to to find these stats, and you know I'll, I'll look in there and be like, boy, they're high in penalties or not. You know, right. if it's if they're real outliers. But I had heard maybe it's during the broadcast. Someone said, you know, Seattle's the worst team in the league with penalties. So went to the site that had broke it down heavily to see what's the problems, and they are horrible. But then I found that little nugget with the Steelers there too. I'm like, wow, that wouldn't Very have surprising. guessed that in a million years. Yeah. yeah. Quick series history between these two teams: the Steelers and the Seahawks. 
have only squared up 20 times, and the series is split evenly at 10 and 10. So what a big matchup this Sunday <laughs> in Seattle, Matt, uh, for inch, the team wins will inch in front of the other. However, of course, the most important of those 20 matchups came in Super Bowl Forty and it went Pittsburgh's way. Uh, during the Seahawks' long stint as an AFC team, the Steelers and Seattle never met in the playoffs. 1976 was Seattle's first season in the NFL. This series began in 1977, Pittsburgh winning that game, as well as another the following season. The most recent matchup was in 2021, a game the Steelers won in overtime in Pittsburgh. This has been a very back-and-forth series history with neither team, of course excluding the Super Bowl, having won more than two in a row at any point since 1977. And the last time the Steelers have won in Seattle was in 1983. So yeah. that is a drought as far as going years. to that West Coast. Yeah, yeah, 40 years. They don't go there often. I mean, they, they go there every eight years or so, but still, it's quite a bit of a stint. Uh, taking a look at Seattle's offense to start things out, um, you know, I don't really know what they do well. At least the statistics don't really tell you yeah, what they the do well. Yeah, the statistics are a little misleading with them. They're stuck in the middle in passing yards per game at like 15th. They're 22nd in total offense. Their points per game is 19th in the NFL. Uh, they don't give the ball away very much. True. They only have 16 giveaways on the season, uh, but they do allow two and a half sacks per game. So, I mean, protection's not the best that it could be. They average 5.4 yards per play this season. It's actually gone down in their most recent three games to 5.2. Mm-hmm. Um, they do throw the ball 61.7% of the time, and that's highest in the or sixth highest in the league. Uh, but over the last three games, that's even gone up to uh, 63%. So maybe that's what they do or what they want to do is throw the football. And that so. makes sense when you look at the personnel. Yeah, it, it they were, yes and no. I mean, like, they were, last year, 2022, they used more 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field than any team in the league. So in the first round, they draft a slot receiver and, and thinking you're going to go three wide a lot and throw the ball a ton. And they have. I mean, and they strangely, I just kind of a tangent, this is the third week in a row the Steelers are going to see a tight end room of just, like, three or four Good, not great guys. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's a standout. It's just odd. Um, but their three receivers are really dangerous, and they do throw the ball a fair amount. Yeah, Noah Fant, one of those tight ends coming mm-hmm. over from Denver in the Russell Wilson trade. Um, Geno Smith is the quarterback now that he's healthy. Uh, goes back in last week against Tennessee. That was his fourth game-winning drive this season. which is real the hot at the end of the league. game. Yeah. Yes, he does. Uh, he threw for 227 yards and two touchdowns in the second half in Tennessee. And the Seahawks scored on their three second-half drives uh, against the Titans en route to pulling off that victory and staying alive in the playoff race for the uh, NFC Wildcards. Very slow start, very concerning for Seattle, I'm sure. After getting off that schneid against Philadelphia, oh, we don't want to put our yeah. our butts back in the jackpot here by losing this game to Tennessee. But they were able to get back on track. And, you know, Drew Locke played well in his absence. I don't yeah, think it fun. sparked debates like quite quite like here in Pittsburgh no, as far as no, who should no. start. Gino's the guy, yeah. But how much of the guy is Gino is where I'm kind of going with that because this is for sure a drop-off from what they saw last year. And Good point. do you really want to tie yourself to him for much longer into your future, or are you just simply stuck with him now if you're Seattle? Yeah, I don't think his contract's super brutal, and Locke is probably a long-term two. I could see a draft pick being a quarterback this year. Yeah, Maybe it's a day-two one, but I, I could see them doing something to – Build a contingency plan going forward. Well, yeah. the nest is there for quarterbacks. It's not a bad spot at all. They, yeah. They've got great weapons. They uh, the top three wide receivers are DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith in Jigba. Metcalf has eight touchdown receptions. That's only behind Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Cortland Sutton amongst the NFL's uh, wide receivers. And he's eighth in end zone targets with 14 targets while he's in the end zone. Um, 
I think they're all three pretty good. Jackson yeah, they are. Smith and Jigma are rookie coming along, but very I think different. DK, I think, is is the alpha of this group. Yeah, and I think he gets Porter. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think. What do you think about that matchup? I mean, I'm cool with it. I mean, Porter's I think, physical DB. So he is, and he's straight. Here's line the most fast. physical receiver in football. Yeah, I mean, it's a battle. Metcalf's played really well lately. Um, one thing about Metcalf, you have to mention, he's very volatile in terms of like taking penalties and getting kicked out of games, and you can get under his skin. Very emotional, I don't know okay. Yeah, I mean, but well, good thing Joey Porter Jr. doesn't like to trash talk. Much. <laughs> so, that probably won't that probably won't factor probably won't into, come into all, yeah. influence at all. Now they have three really good receivers, and they're all very different. Smith and Jigba is a slot route runner. Lockett's, you know, the smaller jitterbug. He might be taking a step back at this stage of his career. Metcalf's the alpha, as you said. Well, interesting you said that about Lockett. Um, you pointed out in your stat pack, only Calvin Ridley, .43, averages fewer yards after first contact than yeah. Lockett, .53. He's not um, breaking any tackles. Now, if you're your little, you're the June bug wide receiver, the slot wide receiver, I want him breaking a couple tackles mm-hmm. here and there, and he's just not doing it this year. You know, it's catch get out of bounds right on the ground. Or, yeah, catch right out of bounds. Yep, so yep, yep. is that part of what you're saying, maybe taking a little bit of a step back, or was that never really part of his game? Was he always kind of more like, I'm just going to get down here, I'm going to just step out of um, bounds? If you get him in a little bit of space, he would run away from people and make you miss with jitterbug stuff. There's power is not part of his game, okay. of course, but um, he was a separator and then would turn it upfield. I think you're just seeing less of that. I think he's not quite as explosive as he used to be. Now, they like to use Smith and Jigba around the line of scrimmage, too, right? Yeah. yeah 6.5 yeah. average depth of target is third lowest in the league, and his average yards per reception at 10.2 is eighth lowest. But, I mean, Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. is a guy that can make a lot of people miss. So, yeah, is that quick kind hitter. Of the, mentality that they have with him i think so um i also think that just fits where metcalf and lockett align to i mean i think smith and jig was more than capable of being an outside receiver smith and jig were going to start pushing lockett out a little bit i think that's the eventual plan here, yeah. yeah i mean a year from now or probably or a year or two from now it'll probably be metcalf and jsn but right now he's doing more and more from the slot he's impressive Coming along better. I know you had a little bit of a struggle getting the football mm-hmm. early in the season. How could you not with the weapons That's that are around him? But, I mean, he scored the game-winning touchdown against the Eagles. I think they've been really pleased with this progression. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look like he's hitting any kind of rookie wall. He was my favorite receiver in that class. He's a good player. Well, speaking of Joey Porter Jr., he's probably going to draw D.K. Metcalf. How did he do last week? Well, T. Higgins had five catches for 140 yards and, of course, the big touchdown. But when he was matched up on Joey Porter Jr. for 32 of his 40 routes run, Higgins caught just one catch for 15 yards. So, again, Porter yeah. Jr. just passes every test you throw in front of him. So how do you not have confidence with him against somebody like DK? Yeah. Because he's I mean, just every t- every single box that needs checked, Porter Jr. does it emphatically. Yeah, I'm sure people thought, oh, Higgins got him. You know, if you watch tape, he really didn't. No, I mean, the play. I can see the play in my head where Higgins went for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was a clear zone by clear the zone. Steelers' defense. Porter Jr. Played very didn't poorly. even – pretend to guard T. Higgins no, on that right, play. Right. He was right there for the running back trying to leak out into mm-hmm. the flat. Um, one last thing on DK Metcalf. You know, he's such a specimen. I oh, mean, wow. Just, I mean, if you had to, you know, if there was like the world's strongest man competition for NFL athletes, he'd win it. You know, he's yeah. just, the body is sculpted by the gods. But he, uses, lab, yeah. he uses that physicality too, right? Like, it's yeah. not just all for show. Like, he's a very tough matchup, and he'll put a lot of DBs in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's hard to tackle. He's aggressive. Everything about him is physical, powerful. Even the way he strides is real, you know, big, powerful strider down the field, eats up space. Not a great change of direction guy, but gotten a lot better with in-breaking routes and things like that, too. Now, uh, what about Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, who they basically have all of Seattle's rushing yards. This yeah. Year. They have 1,354 as a team, 1,202 of them are to those two. Uh, 3.2% of Seattle's carries this season have gone for 20-plus yards. 
uh, only three offenses are better. So it can hit you pretty much with a home mm-hmm. run every now and then. Charbonnet's certainly been a success, um, but he's certainly the the number two. He's a good – reminds me of James Conner a little bit in his prime. A okay. good, you know, good physical player, good receiver, does it all well, tough. Um, Walker, to me, is very good. I mean, he's not a great receiver, but he's got great feet, phenomenal contact balance, home run abilities. I bet those long runs are mostly his. Switching things over to the defensive side of the football, uh, Seattle – very bad against the run, Matt. Very bad. 27th in the league. Very uncharacteristic of a Pete Carroll defense and that Seattle defense that we're used to. But another team that kind of matches up well for the Steelers offense and what they like to mm-hmm. do uh, to stay in, you know, ahead of this chains. And Tomlin even spoke about that today in his press conference. The environment that you're in, you know, second and longs, third and longs. Yeah. That's not good business there. It's No. You're not going to be successful uh, very often. So you got to stay in front of the change. And this is a run defense that will allow you to do that. And then as far as a, uh, a yards per play basis, uh, Seahawks defense gives up 5.3. 5.3, um, excuse me, expected points added per play is 5.3, uh, but 6.1 over their last three games. So yeah. they're getting worse. Oh, it's been rough the last few games. But it's 5.1 as far as expected points added on defense per play at home. So mm-hmm. that home field advantage definitely still is a thing in Seattle. It's a hard place to play. The crowd is bonkers. Um, the key, I mean, sort of as it has been, is success on early downs, particularly in the run game, which they can be pushed around. You know, if you just look at EPA over the last month or so, I always do that every week. They're like one of the best in the league in offense, one of the worst in the league in defense. You know, I mean, so they're they can be had on that side of the ball. They are young, they're not super physical, but they have some athletes and some good draft picks, but. They rush the passer pretty well too. You don't want to be third and eight in that environment. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, you know that's the thing that's so weird about you know seeing their defensive numbers not be great because I've, I've seen guys on this defense mm-hmm. that are recognizable names and you know Devin Witherspoon's on the injury report, so you don't know what you're going to see out of him. But he's having a really good year. Yeah, uh, yeah. his rookie season and him and Porter have been the two best rookie yeah. corners. Yeah, and, and you pointed out that Seahawks defense is seeing an average depth of target of seven point five yards downfield. And that is the eighth lowest in the NFL. So people aren't really attacking the secondary downfield for Seattle. No. Is that because the run defense is so bad or because there's actual dudes in that secondary? I also think the pass rush has something to do with it, too. I mean, they rush the pass stand back pretty there well. for longer than two seconds. hold it forever. Um, but I think that's something to do with it. I think you want to attack underneath their pretty heavy zone team as well. You can kind of pick them apart a little bit with zone stuff as opposed to challenge them deep downfield. Um, and their corners are good. Yeah, Seattle's defense is uh, – 45 sacks on the season. Uh, only five teams have more than them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't have a sack master. They don't really have yeah. a sack master at all. It's coming from all angles. But mm-hmm. is there one guy that you might, you know, peg? Has you got to worry um, about that guy? You'll hear that guy's name probably on Sunday. They traded for Leonard Williams at the deadline, who's a, he is an affiliation with Pete Carroll going back to the USC okay. and is a good interior player for Veteran sure. Veteran presence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boy Moffe's had a really good second season as an edge guy. Uh, they will blitz a fair amount. I mean, he, I don't know if he'll play, but like Jamal Adams is a good pass rusher as safeties. No, go. no doubt, yeah, yeah. one of the best pass rushing yeah. safeties. In yeah. fact, uh, Mafe has the uh, most sacks on the team with nine, and then Jaron Reed's behind him with seven. And then no other Seahawk player has more than uh, four and a half sacks. Been a committee approach on yeah. the season. Uh, Seattle gave up 162 yards on the ground last week to Tennessee. Three ball carriers eclipsed 37 yards against them. 
5.6 yards per carry over the past three weeks. It is the worst in the league. So, I mean, the run defense is just – the dam has broken on them. That's and, a key. And the yeah. Steelers have got to really ride Najee and really ride Jalen Warren. Especially on the road. Yeah, yeah, make it easier on Mason Rudolph, who we think is probably going to start. I mean, it's early in the week, and I haven't done all my research, but it real seem, really seems like the key is the Steelers run the ball really well on the road against a bad run defense or not. I mean, it is, might, might be what it comes down to. One last thing before we get to our key matchups, that you know, another Steelers stat that kind of had me scratching my head. 77.4% of the Steelers' carries this season have gone for a yard or more. Only four offenses are worse. Mm-hmm. But 5.7% of their carries have gone for 15-plus yards. Only yeah. four offenses are better. And Seattle's defense, by the way, has allowed 5.8% of the carries against them to go for 15-plus yards, which is the fourth highest. So the Steelers have a lot of home run to this running game. It's crazy. And that hasn't always been the case. And it's a little Not, more boom or bust than you think. Right, and yeah. Najee and Warren, don't either of them don't strike me as home run backs. No, and explosive runs were a real problem a year ago, and they're getting a lot more of them this year, and they're not all Warren. I mean, Najee's broken right. off his share as well. Najee's up towards the league lead as far as 20-plus yard runs. Yeah, yeah, he is. So who would have figured that would have been the case? Um, Seahawks defense has given up 116 first downs on the ground. Only, defense, only two defenses have allowed more, so... You know, when you're going in a hostile environment on the road and keep churning them out late December, yeah. you want to play defense and you want to run the football. And this team pretty much obliges you in the running the football yeah. category. I mean, if you could churn out a bunch of first yard, first down yards or first downs on the ground, you probably win. All right. Key matchups in this game. Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf versus Steelers cornerback Joey Porter Jr. I just feel like yeah. now, now that Pittsburgh has that shutdown corner. It's been so long that every week we're just like, ah, who's next? Like, who's fun. he going to yeah. drop? Now, it is fun. And, and, and seeing if he, he can erase that earth. side of the field. Yeah. And he's done it so far, so let's see what he can do against DK. Yeah, he's really making a name for himself. He's turning into a star very quickly. And then, finally, Steelers running back Najee Harris for Steelers inside linebacker. Can't believe he's still doing this here in Seattle. Bobby Wagner. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously not the same Bobby Wagner from the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. but I still think a serviceable inside back. So, and the brain's got to be there. So. Oh, the brain's there. Uh, real quick, I mean, two household names. We mentioned Adams and now Wagner. They're paying these guys a fair amount of money. They're greatly respected. They may be doing more harm than good, though, at this stage of their career. You know, I mean, and Adams they cost too much a, money. And like they cost said. a lot. And, you know, Adams could get picked on in coverage. He's closer to a linebacker than a safety. Wagner just isn't the player he used to be, and he's an easy Hall of Famer, but I bet he hangs it up after this year. I would not be surprised about that. Such yeah. a weird thing with him, too, with that one stint in L.A. for mm-hmm. the Rams. Other than that, a Seahawk for life, and certainly one of the better Seahawk players defensively in uh, team history. But the no Steelers doubt. will try to solve him and try to solve that Seattle defense, get a win against Seattle, and stay alive in the AFC playoff race. Kickoff is at 4.05 in Seattle. For Matt Williamson, I'm Tom Opperman. As always, we appreciate you giving us a listen, and we'll talk to you next week on the Advanced Scout. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.